Welcome to The Buzz, I'm Christopher Conover. This week, a look at new efforts to reduce homelessness in Southern Arizona. While an exact number of unhoused people in Southern Arizona is hard to establish, many will say that population is growing. Issues such as increased housing costs and substance abuse are commonly seen as the cause. And residents routinely complain of encounters with unhoused people that range from less than pleasant to downright dangerous. Such encounters led to the founding of the Tucson Crime Free Coalition, a group whose leadership includes engineer Kevin Daly and restaurateur Josh Jacobson. Daly started our conversation by saying that the group formed in response to what he sees as a lack of a plan to help those in need. Our elected officials do not have a plan and did not have a plan to deal with the crisis that's happening, the humanitarian crisis that's happening on the street. The fentanyl situation is something we've never seen before. Started asking questions of our city leaders back in uh, June, um, and everybody's just kind of looking at each other and trying to say, well, we're doing this and we're doing that, but it was all silos. Everybody's working in their silo, and there was no regional approach to a regional problem. One thing I've learned over the years with my neighborhood work is that when you bring together city and county government, you can do amazing things, but you have to be the catalyst for that. You said there were silos, you have to be the catalyst for change, but why this issue? Why jump in on this one? Well, that that's a, a great question, Chris, and um, something that, that I deal with in my businesses on a, a daily and ongoing basis, and this has been going on for a couple of years now, the crime issues that are related to fentanyl. And I'll, I'll tell you real quickly, it, it's been about probably two and a half years ago that I had the first person come into one of our locations and ask directly for some tin foil. And I thought, well, that's a strange thing because in, in our businesses, we give out boxes and bags and things like that. But this was a specific re request for tin foil. It wasn't too long thereafter I figured out that that person wanted tin foil so they could freebase fentanyl or opioids off of it. And that's really when it got going. So fast forward to where we're at now. We've got um, rampant drug use that's going on. We've got folks that come into our bathrooms and use fentanyl. It's a smell that you will never forget once you smell it. We've got people that come in and they might be urban camping nearby and they, they make demands or they get combative. I personally have been assaulted by people when I ask them to leave the properties. I've got a manager that's been assaulted. We've got theft of utilities that, that is going on. Business owners are very concerned about the environment that they've got for their employees, for their customers, for their assets. So why this issue? Well, it's because this issue is what exploded right in front of us. And it seems the name Tucson Crime Free Coalition sounds like it's just about crime, but you all are now starting to look at homelessness and the unhoused population and how all this ties together. Yeah. You know, living on the street is not normal. That's an indication that someone is in crisis. Um, when someone's in crisis, you, you try to find a way to figure out what's going on and how to help. But living on the street is dangerous. It's a place to be a victim, to be victimized, and also for to to victimize other people. 
we need to take better care of people. And we need to have a place where these people can go to get the services they need. When it comes to the name Tucson Crime Free Coalition and trying to deal with the unhoused population, somebody's going to hear that and say, oh, they're stereotyping. Everybody who's unhoused is not necessarily a criminal. How do you answer that? I'm really glad that you brought that up, Chris, because that is a very important distinction that we make. We are not focused on people that have fallen on hard times and just need a hand up. There are services that are available for those folks, and we need to continue working with them. We are focused on crime. We are focused on drug use. And it just so happens that urban camping a lot of time goes along with that. So that's really the part of the population that we're working on trying to, to find an immediate solution for. Being homeless is not a crime, but criminal trespassing is vagrancy is, aggressive panhandling is, all of these issues that um, we're seeing and they're getting worse and worse and worse are the ones that we want to focus on. Kevin, when we started this conversation, you said the elected officials were all stuck in their silos. Is that what our area is lacking? Is people getting out of their silos or what's our area lacking that you all are trying to to fill in or or break? Well, a problem of this magnitude requires cooperation across jurisdictions. Uh, the people don't, you know, they may be in the city one day, but they may be in the county in another day. But they all, they're all part of Pima County. And, and the truth is, is that each, each level of government has resources available that should be leveraged um, for this problem because this is a regional issue. And we were successful in, in getting the uh, city of Tucson to at least recognize that it's a regional issue by uh, them passing our recommendation for a regional director. Pima County was much more um, open to the idea um, at first uh, because we, we actually worked with them first to, to generate that idea. And part of that is because there's so many different moving parts to this. You've got the city courts, you've got the county courts, you've got Tucson Police Department, you've got the Sheriff's Department, you've got the Board of Supervisors, you got the Mayor and Council. And just to give you a, a great example, Chris, we uh, had the opportunity to meet with Councilmember Cunningham uh, last week, and he's got a plan that's not too, too far off from what we've been working on, but his plan was focused on Ward 2. So when Kevin says a silo and a regional approach, that's really what we're focused on because Councilmember Cunningham might have a great plan for Ward 2, but we're talking about a much bigger issue. You know, Pima County is really ground zero for the, the uh, fentanyl crisis this time. So that's why we are really focused on the fentanyl issue and all of the crimes that go along with it. And we need to, as, as Kevin has mentioned, we need to get towards the solution of moving people out of this crisis mode so that we can start to have a better community. This is not something that you just throw money at and, and the problem solves itself. What's the big idea here? Um, we would be happy to get back to 2019 because right now when you see a man or a woman passed out on the sidewalk, um, in 2019, I would have called the police, I would have called 911, 
and they would have come out and they would have taken her probably to a hospital because she's probably overdosed. But now if you call the police, they say, well, we don't have enough officers to do anything about that. So um, how did we get here? If you think about the community being um, really the starting point for, for this issue, you know, you've got business owners, you've got property owners that are dealing with the fentanyl crisis and the associated crimes. We know that crimes are underreported because a lot of times you call 911, there's nobody to send. So your next best option is to take a picture and to go online and fill out a report. And that's really just for crime statistics. So we've got a staffing issue, but we also have officers that feel like there's a turnstile when they do, in fact, make an arrest, that they take people to Pima County Jail or they take people to treatment. And we're hearing that oftentimes the person that they took in is walking out the door before they're done filling out paperwork. So our, our officers are, are thinking, well, what's the point? We're spinning our wheels here. This is where we came up with the idea of creating a transition center, which would be at the Pima County Jail. It's a 50,000 square foot building that is sitting empty. The, the major portion of the, the housing there will be for people that are committing crimes on the street, but clearly have substance abuse issues. So they would be taken to the transition center by TPD or the Sheriff's Department once they get into the transition center, because it is a closed, secure building, there's no in or out on your, your own will, because that's that's another big problem that we're, we're working with when we talk about low barrier housing. So with the transition center, once you're in there, it's secure. There's two doors, door A and door B. Door A would lead to treatment, and door B would lead next door to Pima County Jail there would be several treatment providers that would be utilized for the transition centers. RFPs would go out to, to providers. They find some of their own funding. And then, of course, Pima County is ponying up some of the money to big point is, is that um, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of the Ninth Circuit ruling uh, that came out of Boise that essentially states that if, if you don't have anywhere to take people, it's not a crime to camp on public property. So this gives us a place to take people. It gives us it gives a secure place for people to get treatment options for those that want them, because there's a lot of people on the street that want treatment. They just don't always know about how to go and get it. With this transition facility, if someone is taken there, and as you've both said, there aren't enough officers. We know TPD is trying to hire. We know the sheriff's office is trying to hire. We did an entire episode of The Buzz on that. If there aren't enough officers to respond now, how do we get people to that transition facility? And then when they are there, they choose, as you said, Josh, door B to the jail. Are we now just filling the jail? Well, so what we're told by our TPD friends, and we, we have numerous contacts that advise us, if we can get pretrial services to actually start to follow through, potentially hold people, if the officers feel like their their work is meaningful and that people aren't just getting kicked back out on the street to do it all over again, they are going to be really happy about that. So if the officers know that they actually take these people and they can go to a place where there's treatment or enforcement, they're going to do it. And if you take these um, frequent flyers, so to speak, off the street that the officers are dealing with over and over and over again, aren't you aren't you becoming more efficient at that point? And so with the resources that you do have, you're using them well mm -hmm. instead of wasting 
finite resources. So what we believe is going to happen is, is that there's, you know, it's a, it's a relatively small population on the street. We've heard 3,000 is kind of a number. But eventually, if, if people realize that Pima County and Tucson is a place that's going to focus on treatment enforcement, people that don't want either of those, well, they'll, they'll find somewhere else to go. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you both for spending some time with us. Well, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it. That was Kevin Daly and Josh Jacobson of the Tucson Crime-Free Coalition. You're listening to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. We're looking at efforts to reduce homelessness in southern Arizona. How to help unhoused people became a topic at a recent Pima County Board of Supervisors meeting, thanks in part to the efforts by the Tucson Crime-Free Coalition. That meeting eventually included a seven-point proposal put forward by Supervisor Rex Scott. It included ideas to increase pretrial and probation services, improve high and low barrier shelters, and assess already offered wraparound services. Most of the proposals passed unanimously, while those dealing with shelters are undergoing further study. I spoke with Supervisor Scott, and he says the vote happened because Supervisor Steve Christie, at the request of the Tucson Crime-Free Coalition, put forward an agenda item that left the board with a variety of options. Uh, It allowed me to put together a, a very holistic proposal. And what I told my colleagues is, if we're going to address these issues, then we need to address them in a, a holistic way uh, and, and really get into all of the different areas that come up when you're talking about both crime and, and homelessness. So uh, I, I came to them with all seven of the proposals. And uh, when I made the motion to adopt all seven of them, the motion died for lack of a second. Then uh, there was what I considered to be one of the best conversations on the dais that, that we have had since, since we started as a board almost two years ago. And we eventually got to a point where all five of us were comfortable with the first, second, sixth, and seventh of, of those proposals. And the ones that uh, we were not ready to move forward with uh, were the ones where the county would be getting into uh, the area of providing a shelter space itself. When it comes to the shelter spaces, did it just come down to money? The county just doesn't have the money to be opening up shelters at this point? Or what was the pushback? Well, uh, I didn't get any specific response as to why. Uh, my colleagues were not ready to move forward with uh, numbers three, four, and five, uh, but the the sense that I had was that they needed some more uh, information as to the need for shelter space and whether it was appropriate for the county to be the provider of that shelter space. So one of the things that I have asked uh, Ms. Lesher and her team is, for them to come back to the board with some data. Uh, what, what's, what's available now uh, and, and what is the need? Your plan did say specifically it is to address crime and homelessness. Does the idea of lessening crime need to be involved in order to get measures like this passed? Is helping 
the less fortunate in our community, just not enough to get people on board with stuff? Well, I think it's a multi-pronged set of concerns. And what we've been hearing is not only do we need to provide uh, temporary and emergency shelter space for people who need it, uh, but we also need to provide wraparound services that, that get to the root causes of homelessness. But if you look at number one and number two, those were the two proposals that really directly addressed the criminal element that not just in the unhoused community, but in our community overall. Uh, That's what we've been hearing from the businesses that make up the crime-free coalition. And one of the responses that they were hearing from people in law enforcement is that there is just not enough available in terms of pretrial and probation services. So yeah, what we're hearing from the community is not only do we need to address as all metro areas do, the the burgeoning issue of homelessness, but we also need to address uh, criminal behavior that has also spiked uh, during this same time frame. The first item you talked about in your proposal discusses arresting and prosecuting people who break the law. Most people would say, okay, fine, that, that makes sense. Urban camping is generally considered trespassing. So is Pima County essentially making being unhoused illegal? No, uh, it is not that kind of uh, behavior that that motion is meant to address. It's uh, behavior of the sort that we've been hearing about from um, small business owners, uh, people who are uh, harassing them and their employees and, and their customers sometimes is engaging in uh, open uh, drug use uh, on their on their properties. It's not meant to address uh, people who are trying to find some place to stay. It is meant to address outright uh, criminal behavior that is directly impacting public health and safety. In talking with business owners and, and the Crime Free Coalition, it seems like one of the prevailing thoughts is a lot of crime is coming through the unhoused community, if you will. Do we have any statistics on that? Is there a disproportionate number for them, or are they just being more closely watched? I think that there are uh, people in the unhoused community who uh, make up a, a criminal element within that community, but this criminal behavior is not being perpetrated just by people in the unhoused community. Uh, But the fact that the criminal behavior is going up at the same time that the issue of homelessness is going up is causing people to connect the two. I think really um, you're also dealing with uh, something else that is increasing uh, during the same time frame, which is the use of fentanyl and and other opioids uh, that leads to some of the behaviors you mentioned wraparound services. Is that a government responsibility? I mean, can Pima County government even handle it, or are you going to have to work with community partners? Well, and that's that's why, um, Christopher, item number six is written the way that it is, because it asks the administration to get back to the board on what the city and the county are already doing uh, to provide wraparound services to address Uh, chronic homelessness, 
what more we could do, but also what we could do to partner with private sector uh, nonprofit agencies that are that are doing the same things. No, it would really take a, a community-wide effort, and it can't just involve government. All right, more to come. Thanks for filling us in on what's happened so far. Happy to do it. Thanks for taking the time. That was Pima County Supervisor Rex Scott. One group that will be increasing its efforts to help unhoused families is Catholic Community Services of Southern Arizona. That's because the group recently received a $5 million grant from the Bezos Day One Families Fund, a charity run by Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. Catholic Community Services CEO Peg Harmon started our conversation by telling us that it was the people at the Bezos Day One Foundation who approached her organization. So they have a team of folks who are looking for organizations who are aligned with their Day One Families Fund objectives, which is to reduce the number of families experiencing homelessness. How exactly, if they told you, did they find you? I have a feeling it doesn't have to do with the number of Amazon purchases that that CCS <laughs> Probably made. Probably not. You know, it, it's sort of a black box. What we're told uh, in the information that we receive is they have a team of experts who um, look at various options of service providers across the United States. I'm sure that there's some uh, intention to disperse these resources in as many different places as possible, but it is important that the organization has the capacity to focus on uh, families experiencing homelessness. So I've heard that this grant, or part of the grant at least, will go towards housing and some related programs. But that's all I've heard is big picture. So can we get some spe- some more specifics on it? Yeah, absolutely. So the categories of, of service that we're providing are in our three domestic crisis shelters and our transitional um, program for families experiencing homelessness here in Tucson. So we have domestic crisis shelters in Yuma, one in Douglas, Arizona, and one in Sierra Vista. The families we are supporting in those programs are obviously experiencing homelessness as a consequence of violence in their home. In our transitional housing for families experiencing homelessness, that's a longer term kind of relationship we develop with families. And the idea there is to provide the stability that the family needs so that they can move forward and become self-sufficient. The kinds of support that we'll be receiving will be to uh, assist us in providing the staffing um, to both maintain our programs and to expand these programs. We have some capital funds to improve uh, existing facilities and to expand facility capacity. That's roughly 3 million of the total amount. Another 1.2 million will be used for us to provide rent subsidies. Housing is very expensive these days. Rents have gone up about 20% in Pima County alone and more significantly in some of our rural communities where we operate. And then the remainder of those dollars will be for the staffing support. If, if people aren't fully familiar with Catholic Community Services, how many people can this help? So we are hoping that over the two-year period, We hope to increase the number of families we're supporting by 150. 
So it isn't just the housing part, right? So we need to do a little bit more to make sure that families are successful. Uh, and the immediate shelter that we'll provide is actually a big part of it because housing first, you have to have, be someplace in order to participate in a program of services. So it's both the shelter and what we call rapid rehousing. So we try to encourage people not to be in shelter um, any longer than absolutely necessary. And we want them to move on to their permanency in housing. So we provide housing counseling. We'll have wraparound childcare, case management, employment support, financial education, something we call asset development, which is helping folks um, develop mechanisms to save, to complete uh, their taxes so that they're able to take advantage of the low-income tax credit and other benefits, uh, childcare tax credit, to which they're due. Again, I mentioned the rent subsidy, transportation, and then basic need support mentioning their new housing. As you said, shelters are temporary. They're not meant to be a permanent solution for somebody. You want to get them into something more permanent and as quickly as possible. But you also mentioned what everybody knows. Wow, housing prices are going up right now. Is there enough housing in Yuma, Tucson, Douglas, where where your main facilities are for this, to get people into something affordable? Well, so one of our goals is to create some additional permanent housing with the dollars that we have by by purchasing a couple of small multifamily units. So again, folks can move from our shelter into permanent housing. We're hopeful, as we have to be, that we'll be able to find the landlords who will be willing to work with us and work with our families. I, I think having the rent subsidies on even on a short-term basis uh, is very important because the landlord knows that these renters are going to have their rent covered. And so that becomes, I think, somewhat desirable um, for a potential landlord over another kind of renter who may have a less reliable source of paying their rent. We know it's going to be a struggle. We know it won't be easy. But like I said, we have to be hopeful um, because these families are all hopeful in achieving the dreams they have for themselves and their children. I'm sure anybody who works with a nonprofit absolutely dreams uh, of this type uh, of opportunity. Uh, what's it like to get an opportunity like that for such rapid expansion of what you do? Well, it's a little bit like drinking water from a fire hose because we know that we have a very short amount of time uh, to get up and running and operational and create the capacity that we need with staff and facilities and equipment to do what we say we're going to do. So it is a little bit like that, but we have an amazing group of people who've been doing the work they've been doing for a long time in our organization and all the geographic regions where we'll operate. So that's super important to us. People will hear Catholic community services and someone I'm sure will focus on the word Catholic. Absolutely. Is there any component people coming in have to attend services, have to be affiliated with a church, or I'm guessing it's just open to everybody. Just come in and we'll help. That's exactly who we are. Uh, as an organization, uh, we provide help, we create hope, and we serve all. 
And that's what we've always done for um, going on 90 years. And that's what the organization will continue to do. Well, wonderful. Congratulations on receiving this grant. Well, thank you so much. And um, I just want to let the folks in the community know that we are interested in partnering with other people in the community where they see need. Uh, no one organization can tackle an issue like families experiencing homelessness alone. And so we will reach out to the partners we have worked with over the years to see how we may expand the collaboration we have with them so that once again, the families that we serve can be successful. That was Catholic Community Services of Southern Arizona CEO, Peg Harmon. And that's the buzz for this week. Tune in next week as we take a trip down a rural Arizona river that's key in filling some of the area's major aquifers. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Zach Ziegler is our producer with production help from Samantha Larnett. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer, and our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.